Greetings. Thank you all for returning to this week's new study episode titled, Exhortation to the Faithful, Part 1. I am Pastor John, welcoming our returning global audience of unchurched, self-study people, as well as those who are part of a church. For anyone looking for greater depths in God's Word with a stronger personal study, we also extend a warm welcome to all our new listeners here for the first time. Thank you all for listening. May you all be blessed of God. In our last episode titled, The False Teacher's Denial of the Lord's Return, Part 5, May 15th, we gleaned a better understanding by first taking note of three things from William Burkett. 1. We should feel that there is nothing permanent on the earth. 2. This is not our abiding home. 3. Our great interests are in another world. Those three points were contained in one sentence, but, as I said last week, I separated them to make them more obvious. This was a good point to study because it is way too simple to get caught up in the world around us. If you are born again in Christ, we have a better place to look forward to. It means we should hold on to this world loosely. Not that we should not be involved in things or buy things we need. The question is, however, how much do we need and what should we be involved in? For many of us, the answer to that two-pointed question has different answers that are specific to each person. We also learned that we cannot hasten the coming of Christ despite what Scripture seemingly implied. We learned, as well, that verse 12, the second half of the full sentence, should read for us today this way. While waiting for and with eager desire the coming of the day of God. We learned further about good and bad things being in our present world. The question we asked Are good things in our present world? Yes, we can find and see good things here. However, there are also bad things here in this world. Notice further what the Bible in worldwide English said of these new earth and heavens. Only to find out more, listen to our previous episode titled The False Teacher's Denial of the Lord's Return, Part 5. For more, listen to the entire series The False Teacher's Denial of the Lord's Return, Parts 1 through 5. Today, our scripture reads, Therefore, dear friends, since you are waiting for these things, strive to be found at peace, without spot or blemish, when you come into his presence, and regard the patience of our Lord as salvation, just as also our dear brother Paul wrote to you, according to the wisdom given to him, speaking of these things in all his letters. Some things in these letters are hard to understand, things the ignorant and unstable twist to their own destruction, as they also do to the rest of the scriptures. Therefore, dear friends, since you have been forewarned, be on your guard 
that you do not get led astray by the error of these unprincipled men and fall from the firm grasp of the truth, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be the honor, both now and on that eternal day. From Free Version of the New English Translation with Limited Notes, Second Peter chapter 3, verses 14 through 18. These last verses will wrap up our significantly long study of First and Second Peter. What started out as a summer series turned into a much longer series that I hope you enjoyed. Personally, I have never heard of anyone preaching in First and Second Peter except when quoting individual verses to support an argument or statement taught in a different source scripture passage. Not that someone has actually preached from these two books, but I have never heard it. I hope I have helped others with this study who have little or no experience in First and Second Peter. I hope many of you take these two books further in your quest to understand God's Word more. So, with the end in sight, let us jump right in. Verse 14 read, Therefore, dear friends, since you are waiting for these things, strive to be found at peace, without spot or blemish, when you come into his presence. We have heard this before, and now Peter adds a bit more to it. The sentence in verse 14 says, We are waiting for these things to happen that we have already studied. We are to strive to be found at peace without spot or blemish. When? When you come into His, meaning Christ, His presence. In today's world, we come into His presence when we pray and praise Him. Not that we are not out of His presence, given His vast presence. We come into a closer presence, though, when we pray and praise Him. When we worship Him in song or other ways, we come more fully into His presence than we are when we execute our everyday lives, consumed with work and shopping, to name two things of many that keep us busy enough that we may not know we are in His presence. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that you look for such things, be diligent, that is, in securing your salvation. The effect of such hopes and prospects should be to lead us to an earnest inquiry whether we are prepared to dwell in a holy world and to make us diligent in performing the duties and patient in bearing the trials of life. He who has such hopes set before him should seek earnestly that he may be enabled truly to avail himself of them and should make their attainment meet the great object of his life. He who is so soon to come to an end of all weary toil should be willing to labor diligently and faithfully while life lasts. He who is so soon to be relieved from all temptation and trial should be willing to bear a little longer the sorrows of the present world. What are all these compared with the glory that awaits us? 
from Barnes' New Testament notes. That commentary passage from Barnes told us three things. Observe. 1. The effect of such hopes and prospects should be to lead us to an earnest inquiry where we are prepared to dwell in a holy world. 2. To make us diligent in performing the duties. 3. Patient in bearing the trials of life. Do you have such hopes and prospects that you will be led to an earnest inquiry whether you are prepared to dwell in a holy world? Do you just assume that being saved in Christ is all that really matters? In my world, many would answer that question, yes. Just being saved will get you into heaven, but could there be more to it than simply being saved? You might want to think of it this way. If someone saved you from a burning building, would you simply say thank you and not feel any sense of unforgettable gratitude? I doubt you would, yet it seems different where spiritual salvation is involved. In my part of the world, so many claim to be saved. Except for that being said by them, you would never know by their actions and or what they say that salvation in Christ was a part of their life. Living in a way that is no different than anyone else. Again, one would never know by their actions and what they say that they are saved in Christ, despite they say they are. Items 2 and 3 help firm up this thinking. Just what makes us diligent in performing the duties of a born-again man or woman in Christ? Also, simply put, are you patient in bearing the trials of life? Those moments when things do not go your way or when it feels like things are seemingly against you as things just do not work well or at all. Do you realize that despite such things, our life here is very short when compared to all eternity? We are told also, he who is soon to come to an end of all weary toil should be willing to labor diligently and faithfully while life lasts. He who is so soon to be relieved from all temptation and trial should be willing to bear a little longer the sorrows of the present world. What are all these compared with the glory that awaits us? That ends with the question that we all should have an answer. Again, what are all these compared with the glory that awaits us? What are the things that cause weary toil, the things we labor at or with while this life lasts, to live through temptations and trials, even being willing to bear the sorrows of this present world? Folks, we who are saved in Christ are leaving this world. Maybe not today or tomorrow, but we are leaving it. Keep that in your mind. The fact we are leaving this world. I personally believe at this point, sooner than later, quite possibly in the lifetime of many of us, 
That is based in my understanding of God's Word and what we are presently seeing in world events. Not local or even countrywide events, but global events that affect the majority of and all of the world. Notice further. And regard the patience of our Lord as salvation, just as also our dear brother Paul wrote to you according to the wisdom given to him, speaking of these things in all his letters. Some things in these letters are hard to understand, things the ignorant and unstable twist to their own destruction, as they also do to the rest of the scriptures. In these words, St. Peter advises them to make an holy and wise construction of the forbearance of God in his delaying to come to judgment, not to think that God neglects them under sufferings, or is well pleased with the perverseness of the wicked world in sinning, but his patience and long-suffering towards them is hereby displayed in order to the bringing of them to repentance, and by repentance to salvation, account that the long-suffering of God, that is, the design of God in his long-suffering, is the sinner's salvation. From Expository Notes with Practical Observations on the New Testament by William Burkett. So, we can wonder, since we see through a glass dimly, according to Scripture, given what is going on in the world today, is any of it a sign that Jesus will come on the clouds for us sooner now than later? Is coronavirus, COVID-19, a really strong birth pang as mentioned in the book or Gospel of Matthew? Whether or not such things are the proof we want, what is up with his delay to take us home? Regard his delay in coming to judge the world not as an evidence that he never will come, but as a proof of his desire that we should be saved. Many had drawn a different inference from the fact that the Savior did not return, and had supposed that it was a proof that he would never come and that his promises had failed. Peter says that conclusion was not authorized, but that we should rather regard it as an evidence of his mercy and of his desire that we should be saved. This conclusion is as proper now as it was then. Wicked men should not infer, because God does not cut them down, that therefore they never will be punished, or that God is not faithful in his threatenings. They should rather regard it as a proof that he is willing to save them. From Barnes New Testament Notes Notice that last portion of this commentary passage from Barnes. Wicked men should not infer, because God does not cut them down, that therefore they never will be punished, or that God is not faithful in his threatenings. They should rather regard it as a proof that he is willing to save 
them. The three things we should specifically note are found in that passage portion I just separated and reread. Notice in that passage these three facts. 1. Wicked men should not infer, because God does not cut them down, that therefore they never will be punished. 2. Wicked men should also not infer that God is not faithful to his threatenings. 3. They should rather regard it as a proof that he is willing to save them. And please note, folks, when the passages are speaking of men, we are talking about both men and women. The word men is used very similar in the way we today use mankind. Sinful acts require God's punishment where repentance has not absolved a person, cleansed a person, so that they are clean in the eyes of God. Asking for this degree of salvation is what allows one to be saved in Christ. Once saved in Christ, a person's past sins are all forgotten. Our present and future sins only depend on us asking God for his forgiveness that also was dispensed at the point of our salvation, which, in all cases, allows God to forgive our sins. As Scripture tells us, they are as far as the east is from the west. So, will you take your chances, or will you receive Christ as your Lord and Savior today? The choice is yours alone. Check our show notes for a link to our second episode titled, How to Be Saved, for more information about being saved. Next week. Our last episode in this long series is titled, Exhortation to the Faithful, Part 2. What does Peter mean when he says, Since you have been forewarned, be on your guard that you do not get led astray by the error of these unprincipled men and fall from your firm grasp on the truth. Join us next week when we will learn more. Play or download our episodes from one of our podcast hosts, or follow direct links to these platforms on our website under the podcast menu item. Details follow. All Bible quotes without a citation are from the New English Translation Free Version. Also, please check our show notes for links to our website and other information you may want to know. This study podcast is a wholly self-funded outreach presented by the Church of the Unchurched, currently an all-electronic Boston-based outreach uniting the community of lost, searching, lonely, and forgotten in Christ. We greatly appreciate serving our international audience. God bless you all. If you are visiting for the first time, welcome and God bless you. We look forward to the return of all our faithful listeners and new listeners. Thank you all so much. Please share our podcast with family, friends, and others you believe would find it a blessing. If you are unsaved, we truly hope you find God as well as receiving Him as Lord and Savior of your life. 
please find a short link to our episode titled How to Be Saved at the bottom of any episode description. To learn more about us and who we are, give our episode titled Introduction About Us, Who We Are, a listen. In that episode, you will learn more about us, who we are reaching out to, our mission, vision, ministry, and more. Again, a short link to this episode is found at the bottom of any episode description. If you go to our internet homepage, under the podcast menu item, you can find many popular podcast platforms we are found on. So, you should be able to find us on a platform you like. We refresh all our feeds with every weekly episode upload on Sunday's U.S. East Coast time zone. These sites update our feed within 24 hours of our refresh, many sooner than others. Our website is located at this internet address, unchurched.site123.me. Now, may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who loved us and by grace gave us eternal comfort and good hope, encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good thing you do or say. Until next week, this is Pastor John for the Church of the Unchurched.